Praise the Lord, everyone. Isn't it wonderful to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Rather be here than anywhere else, including Hawaii. <laughs> Amen. God is great and greatly to be praised. God is great, and because he's great, he's greatly to be praised. Come on. Do you believe that or not? Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to give honor to our pastor, um, and it is so great to have them home. It, it's, it's just not the same when they're not here. I mean, we had great church, but it's, it's just not the same. So, Pastor, we're good, uh, glad to have you home. I give honor to him and to Bishop. Uh, they are, our leadership is just tremendous, and we're so great, grateful for that. I also give honor to their wives. Um, and um, amen. Both Sister Blaylocks, we're so grateful to both of them for their excellent example of, of godly, what a, what a godly Christian lady ought to be. Amen. Uh, so they celebrated 30 years of marriage. Tomorrow, uh, my wife and I will be celebrating 35 years of marriage. 35. And uh, my wife is not here today. She's home very, very sick. So 35 years, I've made her sick. <laughs> um, but uh, if you could keep her in in your prayers today. We would appreciate that. Uh, let me just say this too, and I don't say this often enough. I am so grateful for my kids. Uh, when God gave us Nicole, uh, Nicole, and I mean this sincerely, Nicole has not given my wife and I a day's trouble. She has been amazing. I could not ask God for a better daughter but because Nicole has been so amazing, God put Pam and me on the scales and said, you're not getting off that easy, so he gave us Jacob. <laughs> and and uh, we are so grateful for Jacob. Um, and uh, God has got great plans for both Nicole and Jacob. Nicole posted something the other day, and it's just gotten me to thinking, and, I, and I'm probably going to not get it exactly right. But she talked about, you know, always waiting for the next big thing. But we're living in the next big thing. Every day, it's, it's the next. This is it, folks. This is it. And, and we just go from here, you know, from victory to victory to victory to victory. And, and every now and then there's maybe a, a falling, but a just man falls seven times, but what happens? He riseth up again. And uh, rejoice not against me, O my enemy, because when I fall, I shall arise. Amen? So God is great. God is great. 
If you will turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 36. I find the, the prophets, Ezekiel and Jeremiah, very fascinating. They are what scholars have, have determined to be and, and called uh, stereo prophets uh, or ear prophets. Uh, they were contemporaries. Um, I doubt that they knew one another, but uh, Ezekiel preached to the Jews who were in captivity, and Jeremiah preached to the Jews who were not in captivity. And uh, they pretty much preached the same message. Uh, when, when it gets down to the nuts and bolts, and, and uh, they were ear prophets, and so Israel was getting it from both angles stereo prophets, but uh, they were fascinating men of God. Ezekiel said in Ezekiel 36 and verse 33, thus saith the Lord God, in the day that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities. Okay, so God was speaking through Ezekiel uh, uh, telling them, I'm going to be taking you from here and you're going to be going back. You, you're going to go out of captivity and I'm going to take you back to where you really belong. And he said, uh, and the wastes shall be builded. It's going to be builded, built up again. The desolate land shall be tilled, whereas it lay, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by, and they shall say, this land was desolate. It's now become like the Garden of Eden. It was laid waste and put back together. Amen. Look where you were and look where you are now. Once desolate and, and now you flourish. Amen. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Um, he said, in the waste, desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I, the Lord, he does this. The Lord does this. We couldn't do it without him, folks. I, the Lord, build the ruined places. Our lives were once in ruins, just ruins. But he's built us into wonderful places. Amen. I, the Lord, or he said, and I plant that which was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. Verse 37, thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them with men like flock. I want to teach or preach. Someone said teaching is telling and preaching is yelling. Um, so probably do a little bit of both. Uh, but I want to talk to us today on this thought, cause and effect. Cause and effect. I'm going to ask our pastor if he would pray over this
Amen. Amen. Greet your neighbor today and you may be seated. Praise God. I do not see him in here, Brother Anthony Myers. Uh, what a tremendous message he brought to us Wednesday night. Um, on on uh, understanding covenants. And that's what we are in today. We are in a covenant. And, and it takes two. It's a covenant, a covenant. And we are in both sides, God and us. We are in a commitment. It's a commitment. We're in this together. That's why you can be married for 30 years, 35 years. And Bishop, how long for you and your wife? That Because it's a commitment. It takes both sides. It's a commitment. Uh, and, um, and so cause and effect, is it, it comes from both sides. But before I get into that, in fact, all of the, the speakers uh, since Pastor and Sister Blaylock have been gone, uh, everybody has done tremendous. Brother Chris Maley. Uh, um, so just tremendous, and I appreciate. We've just got some fine young men. Uh, coming up, and, I, and I'm honored to to serve with them. In 19, or I'm sorry, in 1643, January of 1643, in Lincolnshire, England, uh, a bouncing baby boy was born uh, and named. Last name was Newton. His first name was Isaac. Um, at some point, uh, he was. Given the honor and the title of Sir, he became Sir Isaac Newton. In and Newton was a was famous for being a mathematician, a physicist, an astronomer, theologian, and an author. I remember years ago I read a quote where uh, another scientist walked into Newton's office, and Newton had this fabulous. Uh, model of, of the universe in his office, whatever his office looked like. And the, the other scientist who was an atheist looked at that and said, uh, said to his friend Isaac Newton, he said, this is a fabulous uh, model of the universe. Who created that? And Newton said, you know, I just heard a big bang and I walked in here and here it was. Uh, so Newton was a famous mathematician, physicist, astronomer, and theologian. He believed in God and, and a tremendous author. In 1687, a book he authored was published and called, this is in Latin, so, and originally it was published in Latin, but it was Philosophe Naturalis Principia Mathematica. And it was the mathematical principles of natural philosophy. Newton's book formed the foundation of what in science is called classical mechanics. Anybody ever hear that term? I'm certain that you have. Classical me uh, mechanics. Classical mechanics is simplified, very simplified, dealing with motion or the laws of motion. Okay, there are certain laws that are in effect that bring about motion. 
types of motion. Newton's book is widely, even to this day, considered one of the most important works in the history of science. Classical mechanics brings to us, or more accurately, defines for us the principle of cause and effect. Cause and effect. Cause and effect is the, is the principle of causality. It establishes the fact of one event or action as being the direct result of another. In other words, one thing happens because something happened to it. Okay? This is part of Newton's third law. He said, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. The statement, this statement means that in every interaction, there are a pair of forces acting on two interacting objects. Much of science today has turned this law of physics into philosophy and psychobabble trying to explain away uh, this law as just being, you know, fantasy and fable. And uh, uh, such as the ridiculous uh, ten, they are the ten uh, dimensions of existence, which are, I understand one through four, I won't get into them, but uh, ten dimensions of, of existence, one through four, are pretty basic, but then it gets way out there. Uh, five through ten are just ridiculous. But the science is, has done this and, and philosophizing certain laws because they are trying and attempting to do away with the principles of, of, God, of godliness, morality, uh, living right, living according to the plans and the laws of God. Really, they're trying to ship God out and bring immorality and lawlessness in. I want to tell you, we still have guidelines and laws according to the word of God. We don't make the laws, we live by the laws. Amen. We didn't write it, we don't have a right to change it. We've got to leave it alone. We can't pick and choose what we like and what we don't like. We've got Genesis 1 all the way to Revelation 22. The Word of God is right. Amen. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that the longest book of the Bible, Psalms chapter 119, primarily deals with the Word of God. And it is right. The Word of God is right. Uh, Paul said in Romans, the book of Romans, let God be true and every man be a liar. So you're wrong and he's right. I don't care how upset you get about it, God's word is right. Amen. We're not going to change it. In fact, the apostle Paul said uh, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, I will therefore that men pray ever, and that is the gender male. It's not talking about mankind. It's talking about the gender male. Yes, there are two genders, male and female. It doesn't matter what the world thinks. It's right. And Paul said, I will therefore that men 
pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. It literally means without anger and without argument. We have no right to argue about this word. It's right. It is right. Amen. So I want to give us a few examples of Newton's laws of cause and effect. If I grab hold of a heated iron skillet, my hand gets burned. That's, that's cause and effect. Uh, if I flip a light switch on and, and the power has not gone out, then the lights are going to come on. It's, it's cause and effect. Darkness fades. Light comes on. Someone said the, the speed of light is approximately 186,000 miles per, per second. And darkness, when a little ray of light is chasing it, is 186,001. Darkness cannot stand light. Amen. I'm glad we're in the light of the, of, of the truth of God's word today. If I flip the light switch off, the lights turn off. But let me give us some very relevant examples that have major biblical implications for where we are today. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and 12, we all know this very well. But the Lord appeared to Solomon by, by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. If I command the locusts to devour the land. If I send pestilence among my people. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attent unto the prayer that is made in this place. Cause and effect. If my people pray, I'm going to hear. If you call out to me, I'm going to listen. If you make requests of me, I'm going to answer. Cause and effect. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, this is the latter part of the Sermon on the Mount, probably the greatest message to ever be preached in the history of, of time. Um, and, and it's primarily dealing with the law. And the laws were tremendous, but the laws were a set of rules and guidelines and do this and don't do that on a piece of paper. I'm going to tell you, it was easy to live by what the guidelines said. But Jesus got past the guidelines that were written, and he said, here's what it's all about. It goes beyond what's on pen and paper, and it got, it's got to get in your heart. Amen. Jesus said, you've heard it said, thou shalt not look on an uh, uh, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say to you, if you look upon a woman to have lust in your heart, you've committed adultery already. So here's one side that's on the paper. And we can live by that and think, oh, we, we've done something great and fantastic. And yet every woman we look at, we've got lust in our heart. Jesus said, you've committed adultery already. And, and so we've got the law on paper. And over here, 
we've got what Jeremiah, both Jeremiah and Ezekiel said, the law is written on the tables of our heart. That's what God wants. Get it off the paper and get it right here. Amen. Cause and effect. So this is the latter part of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Jesus said, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. Everyone that continues to ask, continues to receive. Cause and effect. He said, and he that seeketh, continually seeks, continually finds. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. What manner or what man is there of you whom his son asked bread and for that bread or receives a stone? Uh, or what manner of man of you, uh, if he asks for a fish, do you for that fish give him a servant uh, or a serpent? And how much more, he said, will I give to them that ask the Holy Ghost or good gifts, cause and effect? Cause and effect. In James chapter 5, we're very familiar with these scriptures, so this isn't anything new today. But James said in verse 13, is any among you afflicted? How many has been afflicted this week? It's not just talking about sickness. It's talking about attacks from hell. How many has been How many's had temptations this week? How many's have had difficulties this week? Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. I'm talking to us today about cause and effect because the Bible is replete with examples of if we do this, then God will do this. Amen. Genesis Chapter 1 and verse 3, and God said, let there be light. That's the cause. And the effect was, and it was so. And there was light. God said, let there be light. And there was light. In verse number uh, 6, God said, let there be a firmament. In verse number 7, it said, and it was so. Amen. In verse number 11, God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. I'm talking to us today about principles of, of our relationship, of our covenant, if you please, of our commitment with God, because there are certain things that God promised if we do, he's going to answer, and he's going to do good things for us. Amen. Amen. I want to turn our attention to Psalms chapter 149. So we've got the last five uh, uh, books 
of the book of Psalms, this was after Israel's return out of captivity. They come back to Jerusalem, and, and they've built, rebuilt the temple, and uh, the old men wept and the young men rejoiced. But the last five books of, song, of Psalms are, are primarily dealing with Israel coming out of captivity back to God's chosen land for them. And they are primarily psalms of rejoicing. This is what God did for us. In Psalm 149 and 1, here's the cause. It said, praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and the harp. Stop right there. That's what the psalmist said that God's people ought to be doing. Here's the cause. We need to be praising the Lord. Hey, listen, this is not the house. This is the designated place that we come to worship the Lord and hear the word of the Lord. Paul said, know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? So when we come into this house of God, we need to step through the doors with a praise on our lips and on our hearts. It is a requirement today. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, there ought to be something inside of us. We're in this place today, this house of worship. I'm going to come and give it everything I've got. Sing unto the Lord a new song. It's occasionally okay to sing some of the old songs. But sing unto the Lord a new song. It means a fresh song, something that's alive, something that's good, something that's that's boiling up inside of us. We can't hold it inside anymore, so we're just going to sing to him a new song, a fresh song. And his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel, or God's people, rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. I'm telling you, it's not a drudgery to live for God. It's not sorrowful to live for God. I'm not sorry for being apostolic Pentecostal. This is the greatest life a person could ever live. Hey, I don't care if I had all of Bill Gates' money and, and who's the, uh, uh, Bezos and who all these other guys. I won't take any of that versus living for God because we've got something to look forward to that is so much better than the earthly treasures here. Let them praise his name in the dance. How long has it been since some of you danced? I tried to here a couple weeks ago and about killed myself. But let, let them praise him in a dance. I told, I told one of uh, Brother Ron's sister, uh, Brother Sir Hackathorn's boys uh, a month or so ago, if I point to you and tell you run, you run for me. How long has it been since we've danced before the Lord? Oh, it's a commandment here. Look where God brought us out of bondage. Look what the Lord has done for us. He's been so good to me, I cannot tell it all. And so the psalmist said, let them praise him in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with a timbrel and the heart. 
And then here's the effect, verse 4. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. You want to get God excited? Then get off your behind and stand up to the Lord. Lift your hands in the air and say, I love you. Run around the church. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. You want to get God's attention today? Put aside your aches and your pains and your sorrows and your disappointments and say, oh God, I've come to your place today of worship with something in my soul. I'm going to give to you. And the Lord taketh pleasure. I want God to be happy with me today. I want him to be excited with him with me today. So I'm going to offer to him everything I've got. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. So Psalms 145 through 150 are dealing with uh, Israel's victory in coming out of captivity. And uh, in Ezekiel 36, our opening scripture, God is speaking to the Israelites who are still in Babylonian captivity. They were there for 70 years and a long, long time, long time. In fact, the northern kingdom, we could get into that, the northern kingdom was there in captivity for longer. The southern kingdom for 70 years were in captivity. They couldn't have the pleasure of coming to the house of God. They didn't have the joy of, of entering the presence of worship and feeling the presence of God for 70 years. Uh, my next birthday, I'll be 60. I can't imagine what it would be like to not be able to go to a house of worship and praise God. I tried to figure out uh, uh, many years ago, I don't know, 20 years ago, I tried to figure out uh, roughly, approximately how many messages I had heard in my life. And I calculated then, and so obviously it's been a whole lot more since then, but I calculated then I was about, I don't know, I was about 36 or 37, something like that. I calculated then that I had heard somewhere around 10,000 messages in 36 or 37 years. I've heard enough preaching, Bishop, that I ought to be able to be saved. Faith cometh by hearing, not feeling. Faith does not come by feeling. If you don't feel him today, it doesn't mean you don't have faith. Faith does not come by feeling. Feelings lie to you. Just look at Jacob and Esau and and Isaac. Isaac felt Jacob's arms, and they felt like Esau. But the voice that he heard was the voice of Jacob. There's a difference in feeling and hearing. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want to be saved? You're at the right place today to be saved because you're going to hear the word of the Lord. God spoke to Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones and he said, preach to these dead bones. He didn't say go up and feel them. Impart some you know, touch to them, rub their shoulders, the dry bones, 
their elbows and all of that. He didn't say that. He said, you stand up and you preach to them. And eventually after the preaching was done, there rose up a great army. Oh, I want something to rise up within New Life Tabernacle. A great army of the Lord. Hey, the kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. It's time that we stand up against the wiles of the devil and fight against him. Rise up a great army. Praise God. I'm almost done, but Ezekiel chapter 36, thus saith the Lord God. So here they are. They're getting ready to go out of captivity. Back to the land of Israel. And God said, here's what I want you to preach to my people. Thus saith the Lord God. God said it. In the the day that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities. And the wastes shall be builded. Isn't that beautiful? The waste land is going to be builded again, Brother Caesar. That which uh, Nebuchadnezzar's army tore down, it's going to be builded again. Uh, and I'm going to cause you to dwell in the cities, and the waste shall be builded, and the desolate land shall be tilled, where there used to be no farming. Because there weren't enough people there to till the land, to plant the seed, to grow all of these crops, and and to do all the necessary things to keep a society rolling along. God said it's going to happen again. The desolate land again is going to be tilled. We're going to look out and the farmers are going to be plowing. Amen. The ground is going to be tilled up and we're going to see them planting seeds in the ground. God said, this is what's going to happen. And he said, whereas it lay desolate now in the sight of all that passed by, but it's going to be tilled again. And they shall say, this land was desolate, and now it is become like the Garden of Eden. And the waste and desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and inhabited. Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I, the Lord, build the ruined places And plant that which was desolate. For I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. And verse 37, here's the key. Thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this. Here's the things that I'm going to do. But I'm still sitting up here waiting for my people to inquire about this. Here's what I want to do. Here's my goals. Here's my plans. I'm just waiting for my people to ask. I'm just waiting for the cause and the effect. How many things have we suffered in our lives that, and are still suffering and we haven't asked God for deliverance, for healing, I'm just waiting for my people to, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. I want revival. Let me tell you, let me stop here for a minute. Revival and harvest are not the same thing. Revival is for us. 
Habakkuk said, revive thy work, O God, in the midst of the years. Oh, we need a fresh, new reviving of the Holy Ghost. I need it again today. So I'm going to ask him again today. Isaiah in chapter 28, Isaiah said, for with stammering lips. Well, let me back up. He said, line must be upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon a precept. Here a little and there a little. He's talking about the law, how it's going to be put out and received. Here a little and there a little. And it's talking about different revelations. Here a little and there a little. And he said, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he saith, this is the rest wherewith ye shall cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. I want refresh today. Those are great verses. But the very next statement, Isaiah said, yet they would not hear. Stubborn, stubborn people. I want to hear the word of the Lord today. Will you stand with me right now? Cause and effect. I, I believe with all my heart that God wants to do something great in the service today. I don't think it wants to, he wants to stop it with just today. We've got Wednesday coming up. We've got another next Sunday coming up. And another Wednesday and another Sunday, and another Wednesday, and another Sunday, and revival services, and conferences. We've got all these things coming up, and they can sometimes become so routine. I heard Bishop Johnny Godere preach a message about loving the routine. And in the wilderness, God gave the children of Israel manna. Every day, every day, every day, and they got sick of it. They couldn't stand it anymore. But Brother Godare said they did not learn to love the routine. Hey, this does never get old to me. It ought never to become commonplace and old to us. I never get tired of Wednesday Bible study. I never get tired of Sunday morning service. I want revived again in the midst of the year. Oh, I want the Holy Ghost again today. I want to feel his presence again today. So if I ask, he promised he'd hear. Cause and effect. Can we lift up our hands and love him right now? I love you, Jesus. Hey, this is the house of worship, but we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I love him today. I worship him today. God said, I'm just waiting to be asked. I want to do all these things. I'm just waiting for my people to ask. Praise God. Keep praying for your children. Keep praying for your unsaved children. They're worth it. Keep on asking God, save my kids. Bring them to the altar, God. Keep on praying for your unsaved loved ones, your neighbors. Keep on sharing Bible studies. Keep on doing it. It's cause and effect. Amen. It's the law of, of planting, of, of sowing, planting, and reaping. If, if you don't reap, have you sown? Amen. I want God to do some great things for New Life Tabernacle. Amen. Do you love him today? Let's give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus.
Praise God. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. Amen. Amen. I want to dismiss us.